Hello, my friends. Welcome to episode number 15 of Yo, the business and fitness podcast with me, Stephen Krebs, and my main man, Lucas McHosevar. He's being an Irishman for Halloween this year, so that's his name. So, guys, today we're going to talk about the top mistakes that business owners make. And I think Luke and I have earned the right to talk about this because we've both run multiple businesses and we've both made a ton of mistakes, like plenty. And, and the way I look at it, Luke, I don't know if you agree with me on this, but I feel like most of the most successful business people, at least that I know, and I'm sure you could back me up on this, are the ones that have made the most mistakes, right? Because if you don't make mistakes, then you don't really learn. It's not the lessons that sting, right? And the lessons that sting are the ones that end up kind of sticking. So the more guys that I, and girls that I talk to that have built big ass businesses, super successful, a lot of times they're the ones that will tell you like, hey, I tried this and failed. Hey, I tried that and failed. And here's what I learned. And here's how it helped me build the next thing. So as you guys are listening to this, just remember like, you're going to fail at shit. Like, there's going to be things that go wrong inside of your businesses. And if you let that stop you in your tracks, well, then you're never going to get to that next level of success. You're never going to get to that, that time in your life where the, your businesses are actually bumping and making you the money that you want to make. I don't know too many people that have just opened one business, didn't really have to work that hard, and became multimillionaires without a problem. So, Luke, if, when you're looking at this, what do you feel like is you know the first problem that you see i know you've you know you've worked with thousands of gym owners like what do you what do you feel like is the first problem or the most obvious problem that you see when you're looking inside of people's businesses uh, i mean this okay so i you know there's obviously um, this is an individual thing here's here's one of the things in this current marketplace that that is happening a lot um and, you know, the serious problem is that most of us, you know, whether we're gym owners, you know, I say one-on-one coaches, you know, we have a team, uh, you, you know, you're a leader, whatever it is, the reason that you're being ignored is because you're just not communicating clearly. So the, the problem is this, every, every day people are bombarded with information. Because they're being bombarded, they only listen to people and brands that communicate simply and clearly. All right, so uh, like our confused, like if you have a confusing message, at least all kinds of problems. Basically, your, your customers don't understand what, what you're offering. Uh, you know, even, even the thing is, even your team and or your salespeople can't differentiate your products in the marketplace. And also the why of your work is muddled because you're not connected to a deeper sense of meaning, right? And, and the thing is, it's not only that, your message is spoken a thousand different ways, right? And then your, the word isn't spreading about what you offer. And a lot of times, hey, your customers go to competitors, but not because, um, like not because I would say they might have a, a better product, right? It's because the other, like the other person can be understood more clearly, Right, because the, the the two things the brain is always trying to do is this. It's number one is survive and thrive. So every person's brains is tasked with keeping them alive. That's no, that's number one, which means that people are always scanning the environment for information that will help them survive and thrive. And 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 st you know, stick with me here for a second because I'm I'll, I'll get to the point uh, that I I think will stand out a lot. Right, people are looking for opportunities to move ahead in life. You know, whether that's saving money, uh, improving status. Like looking better, which guess what? For most people is improving status. Associating with a tribe, 
which should stand out because that's really important when it comes to gyms and, and things of that nature, right? So the essential idea is that every day, everybody's trying to advance in their life in a positive direction or move away from pain, right? That's the first thing, survive and thrive. Number two is conserve, conserve calories, right? Because it takes calories to process information. Like humans are designed to ignore information they don't need in order to survive and thrive. So going back to like talking about clarity and stuff uh, of communication, this is where that comes in, right? People will tune out if the information they're reading can't easily be associated with their surviving and thriving. And, be and because the brain works this way, we have to clearly and simply communicate how we help our customers survive and thrive, right? And I, I continue, I got this from um, this quote from Donald Miller is, remember, if you confuse, you lose. Like you should always keep in mind this kind of um, tagline, I guess, that like whenever, uh, whenever you're doing anything, like on your website, your tagline, your headlines, all this stuff, you know, any communication, are you confusing people? You know, because there's this thing called the, the curse of knowledge. And essentially, you know, if you're a fit pro, you know, your understanding of fitness, let's say it's at a 10. And, and maybe it's not, but like, it, you know, you understand like nutrition and training and all these things at a 10, right? And then what happens is that you, what you end up doing is going like, oh, well, but you know, most people don't know as much as I know. So I'm going to, I'm going to downplay it a little bit and I'm going to bring it down to a six or a seven, you know, so that people can understand me, right? So that the prospect can understand what I'm saying. But the truth is that you need to talk to the prospect at a two, three at most. And that gap between two and six, seven or three, six, seven, that's the curse of knowledge, right? It's the curse of knowledge and it muddles up your communication because you're not being clear. So that's one of the problems with, with uh, unclear communication. The other one is, you know, that you might be uh, communicating different things all the time, right? And, and here's like a little bit of an assessment, like why is it important, you know, for, for clear communication? Well, the average person kind of sees more than 3,000 commercial messages each day, each day, and it gets harder and harder to get people's attention. People are pretty much designed to ignore us, but we can get them to listen to us and respond. So, you know, here's the thing. I'm going to stop you in your tracks and give you a little bit of a, a, a question here. Can you answer this? Because I, I do want you to uh, be aware. Because sometimes I know we'll, you know, we do a podcast and see for you to listen to it and then not actually have to self-evaluate. So are the messages that you're communicating helping your customers understand how you can help them survive and thrive? That's, that's my question to you. And I create it, you know, from a one to 10, like one being not at all and 10 being Absolutely. Luke, would you say that the average person, specifically in fitness, is just trying to be everything to everyone a lot of times? And, and that's what I've seen in my experience, too, in most businesses, is not niching down. Specifically, we understand you guys are going to serve different types of people. But say, you know, say Luca runs a strong her program. He's not going to run those ads and that, that wording and that copy and that communication to guys right? That would be confusing, right? Hey, come join the strong her program. And then you got Luca in there in a skirt, just doing bicep curls with like 45 pound plates, right? So it's the, the one trick and I'll just interject and then we'll get back to Luke is if you guys aren't clear on you, your offerings or your messaging, 
that's where you start. Everybody wants to jump into Facebook ads or jump into the next, the next thing that's going to save their business almost. And I use Dan Kennedy's 10 questions, and you guys can just Google that. I mentioned it a lot over and over on the podcast because I feel like it's super important to help you get dialed in to how your potential customers communicate, how they think, how they feel. So it's just, you know, as always, I'm going to pull out the little golden nuggets that Luca is saying because he's right on point. Most businesses, let's be real, this isn't even just in the gym business. This is like most businesses do a really piss poor job of communicating the problem that they actually solve for their customers. And if you can't really do that in this day and age with digital marketing, and like Luke said, like you're, we're all getting pounded with ads all day long. It's overwhelming, right? It's overwhelming as hell. So if you guys aren't clear on it, and this is something that we'll do inside of Yo Grow Your Gym, our coaching program, is I'll grill the shit out of people live on calls. Just did it last week, actually. Like, okay, what is the thing that sets you guys apart? And people are like, well, this, it's this one thing. But I'm like, dude, everybody's doing that. So what communication, what, what is the, the selling point? What, is, what are the words you're going to use to actually capture people's attention? And what are the benefits of what you're going to offer? Because all that shit makes so much sense. And it, may, it makes so much sense and it matters so much to you guys actually developing a foothold and traction inside of your local area in business. So Luke, go ahead, I'm sorry to interrupt you, man. I just, I just think that that stuff is so important that you guys are all getting clear on who you are, what you are, who you serve, and the words that you use to get clear on it. And I'll, you know, as you brought this up, actually you said something and my friend, you said differentiator. So the first thing I wanted to bring, like, um, you know, there, there's another drill that like, if you haven't done it, you, you have to uh, like, write down and figure out your three differentiators okay and and the thing is whatever that you decide the three key differentiators are always remember that people can copy most things but the thing they can't copy is the way you treat your customers right they can't copy the feelings and emotion emotions that like you bring into people's lives that's unique so the best thing, so this is just my like kind of like word of advice of, of and where the marketplace says the best thing that you can truly do to differentiate yourself is to have the goal of being the best gym in your area at customer experience because most gyms and most businesses suck at customer experience. Actually, you know what? For fuck that, like aim for being the best business in your area at customer experience, customer experience and customer service. Right. And, and the truth is, it won't. It's not that hard because majority of businesses just don't do a good job and don't have great quality customer service and customer experience. Luke, do you feel like this is the second mistake most businesses make is, is really get caught up in the features of of what they're offering and not the benefits and not creating an experience? Well, I mean, I think that like here's what you know, you get what, what's happened, you know, over time is that we get drawn, you know, everybody gets drawn by like the thing, you know, and if the thing was, you know, social media, you know, then you start like where, you know, you go where your focus goes and you started going like, okay, like, let me figure out ads. Let me figure out funnels. Let me, right. And you get into it. And of course there was a time where if the people that were doing that, you'd have pretty quick results. And what do quick results do? Well, they may give you motivation and confidence. So like you buy in more into that. And so the focus really went into, you know, marketing and sales 
which historically has, right? Actually, the statistic is this. This will blow your mind. So 18 to 1, uh, 18 to 1 to 20 to 1 is the ratio between spent, the money spent on sales and marketing compared to the money spent on customer experience, right? 20 to 1, right? That is insane if you think about it. Oh, but then, of course, it makes sense, like, why customer experience sucks in most places. And, you know, why, why, why is not some of the money and energy and focus shifted? But going back to this point, right, like, you go where your focus goes. So people started focusing on how they can market the business um, and, you know, what they can do to get people through the door. But the focus, so, of course, the focus went away from how, you know, what if all you did for the next 90 days? I mean, it's just that kind of. Uh, uh, a devil's advocate question, you know, all you did was think about how, you know, you can do little things consistently that would improve customer experience. You know, do you think that your retention would go up? Do you think that, you know, you'd get more referrals? Do you think that the experience would go up and more people would talk about it? You know, I, I would say, I would have you consider that's exactly what would happen. But that, that's what I see a lot. I mean, like, and look, we fell into that trap, right? Like, I, you know, I can't sit here and go like, Yo, that never happened to us. None of that should happen to us, you know, and it, and it did. And we've had like a big kind of um, uh, emphasis and focus on improving the customer experience in the last three to six months and continuing moving forward. And we actually took a bunch of money away from marketing to, um, to put into customer experience. You know, even like I said, now when a new person signs up uh, after the trial, if they sign up for the membership, you know, we don't tell them, but they get this beautiful laminated black box Inside there's a book, inside there's a Vigor Ground journal, inside there's a Vigor shirt, inside there is a um, two Vigor Ground stickers and a, a gift card for Fitbar, you know, and we're, we're actually kind of revamping a lot of things uh, right now too for, for the system of the first 60 days. But for, for example, like that's, you know, that, that would be customer experience. But as soon as we started giving those out, people were like posting it like, oh my God, I can't believe like this is what I got. You know, and of course, hundreds of their friends or thousands of, of friends see that, right? Is that maybe better marketing? I mean, I say maybe. Shit, of course it's better marketing, right? Because that person's probably going to, uh, you know, talk to them about you. And, and um, you kind of want to, I guess that like, look, at, you want to be able to have a person, like this is what I think about, right? Like if a person is sitting down with somebody after they had a, uh, like a session with you, right? So, so think of it this way. The person just had a session at your gym and they have coffee with a friend, right? Like that's what I envision. And, and they say like, hey, how was, you know, how was your morning? Oh my God, awesome. Like I, I worked out Vigor Ground Fitness and Performance in Brenton and, and I've been going there for a few months and like, you know me, I've tried everything, but these guys are just on another level. Every single person, every single coach remember my name and the members too, and that was the first week that I was there. Like the, the trainers are friendly. Uh, they, you know, they know their stuff. Um, you know what? Remember that shoulder problem that I had? Like they make sure that I don't do anything that's going to injure it. But they showed me some drills that actually made it feel better already. And I went to PT for two months, right? When, they, when I started, they gave me a really easy nutrition plan. I, you know, I've lost 20 pounds since then. I, I haven't felt like I've been on a diet. And I know that the way that I've lost is not muscle because we did this little machine thing and it showed me that, Right. It's like when you walk into the place, it's like drinking a bang energy drink. It's nuts, right? It's always clean. The music's awesome. The coaches are awesome. The atmosphere's awesome. I have to be honest, like sometimes I don't want to go, but 
you know what? I, I just can't miss a workout there because the energy is so awesome. Right. And then, for that bang energy sponsorship, by I, the way. I know. See, 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 I did that. See, I did that. But, and then for instance, and let's say at the end, you know, if you do, well, this is more than for this show. This is some of the stuff that we teach inside of the group too, is, you know, uh, it also, they also gave me this 30 day VIP card and they paid for it. And it's good for 30 day trial membership. You want to check it out? Right. So like, imagine, you know, that's the, the response, right? And if you have 50 members, 70 members, 30 members, 100 members, 200 members, imagine that every, every week there's 10 conversations, uh, uh, or should I, should I say every month, I'm going to lowball it, you know, there's 10 conversations like that going on. One thing I want you guys to look at is see how Luca inside of Vigor connects things. What I mean by that is his message and the way they treat their clients is very closely connected. And I think the biggest mistake, well, I don't say the biggest mistake because this podcast is about mistakes. One of the biggest mistakes that I see is, and when I had my gym open the same thing, we get so caught up in the business side that you almost forget why you started this shit in the first place, which is helping people. Yeah, we want to make money. Of course we want to make money. Yeah, we want to live a better life. Of course that. But realistically, you could have been selling health insurance, life insurance, and make more money. You're not going to, you're in this industry for a reason. So one thing I'll say just to piggyback what Luke is saying is guys like, don't forget why you started this shit. And there's nothing wrong with ethically like borrowing shit from other people, like what their ideas are or what their purpose is. But ultimately like you have to come up with your own, right? You can borrow ideas, but at the end of the day, you know, Luca, Luca is unique in, in the fact that he's going to be, he, when he, open vigor he had a vision for it and the vision is morphed and changed but it's still tied to the the ethics and the focus of everything actually so, this, you know what this is, this is an important point because uh so i was like i'm working a lot these days so i was at the coffee shop there's a dope coffee shop that opened uh really close to the gym in downtown renton which i go and work at which is which is phenomenal but like i'll actually see which is which has become a place of uh, you know, what's, what's, what's funny. I know I'm kind of veering off, but I'm going to bring it all back. Uh, cause I meet a lot of past clients there, um, current clients there. So it's a good spot to meet. I actually got two new leads, uh, on Sunday, just being at the coffee shop and talking to them about, uh, training after having a baby, uh, which should give you hopefully a, a little tip on how you can do stuff in, in locally in your area. But a couple of members came in and I spent, you know, I, I bought them coffee and spent some time with them. Uh, just chatting it up. Like they've been long, long time members, like for years and years and years. And we were talking about like, you know, the gyms and like, you know, the garage and then the second gym. And, uh, you know, one of them said, you know, the garage, like, and if you saw, I put up a post on Facebook asking about memories from Vigor and like, we have like 200 comments right now, but a lot of people bring up the garage, like, oh man, I missed the garage. Right. Because there were so many crazy moments and memories. Remember, this, remember my first gym in, in, in Seattle, uh, which was a cult, a cult kind of, a cult became a cult gym was, was the garage. And, and it was like no windows, black mold. It was a shit show. But there was something special about it. It was like they had so much character. Fitness with the side of black mold. Absolutely. It made people more immune to disease. Uh, and, uh, <laughs> and what's crazy is like, you know, people still talk about it like 11 years later. You know what I mean? Uh, like just the memories and the crazy, you know, we got, we had the cops called on us all times. Like we, you know, we do sleds in the middle of the street when cars were coming by and we just tell cars to stop and wait for us. It was nuts, right? It was just, there's so many crazy stories. 
And, you know, friendship was like, man, like that was so crazy. And so I was, as I was talking to them, I, I, it came to me that I was like, man, because right now, like this, the Vigor, Vigor Life Building, it's beautiful. It's an amazing gym. I mean, I'm, I'm very, very proud of it. It's very unique. Um, but it's harder. Like you have to, like as things get bigger, you have to work 10 times harder to keep that culture. Right. And, and, and even like, for, for instance, like relaying that to my team has been, you know, a process and, and, and a lot of storytelling for me to realize it. Right. Cause you think like, Hey, we're going to get bigger. Look, now we got these nicer things and look at this dope part. And like, you know, we got our own building and it's 12,000 square feet and yada, yada, yada. And you think that like, because of that, the culture, but that's not culture, right? That's the environment, but you have to create the culture and the bigger things get, the harder it is to keep the culture the same. Now, culture is going to change, but what, what, I'm, what I'm saying is that, like, you know, I talk to a lot of, like, man, I'm, I'm in contact, I, I, honestly, with a lot of people that, you know, used to train at Vigor and don't. We're still friends and reach out to them here and there, um, you know, go to coffee, do stuff like that, and, you know, talk about these things. And people will say that, man, man it's like the best it ever was when it came to culture was at the garage, right? And I think about that and I don't get upset as much as I, as I get fired up and go like, man, you know, how, how do we bring that back? Even though we have this bigger space and now we have a team of nine people and, you know, and we have multiple businesses there and so on and so forth. Right. It's a challenge, but you know, I want to take that challenge on because that's how powerful culture is. That's how powerful culture is that, that there are people that would literally go, Hey, I'll, I, you know, and, and I was charging the highest rates. I mean, we're talking about, I mean, this, you know, I'll, you can look at pictures actually online or you can go to YouTube 10 years ago and, and look at some videos. I mean, yo, there was nothing like nothing that was like, you know, a high end about that gym. What like, I want to point out guys is that Luca and I both started out small and here's one of the biggest mistakes people are making. They come out of the shoot and feel like they have to build some monstrous facility with insane overhead to get clients to compete, and that's wrong. It's just, it's, it, it can be done. Don't get it twisted, but it's going to require a lot more startup cash, and you'll burn through that cash much faster. Luca was in a garage. I was in the front of a transmission shop. <laughs> that's where I started. So if you think of, look, listen to our stories, they're both very, very similar. And if you look at the mistakes that people have made up to this point, we've talked about what? Communication, culture, right? And now we're talking about, hey, like, let's be real. Another piece of this is, hey, don't build it too, don't, don't try to build it too big too fast. Because we've seen it, and we're not going to name names, obviously, but people that built these humongous ass gyms, and now they don't have one at all. Or they had to go backwards. So... I, I believe like you guys should bigger isn't always better because the overhead goes up. And like Lucas said, now your culture has to be worked on 10 times as hard. There's all these things that come into play. And I think the issue is that we're from America or most of us, right? And bigger's better here. And there's nothing wrong for wanting succession in life, right? Moving up and making things better. But at the end of the day, if you're not clear with, again, with your own message and, and your own vision for what you're building, we're in trouble. Now, one thing I wanted to touch on before we roll too deep into this thing, and this is the mistake that I've seen like every, almost every business owner that I've ever worked with make, is not knowing your fucking numbers. Like, it legitimately, like the ABCs of business. 
But I just want to bring this up before we get too deep into this podcast because, guys, if you don't know your numbers, your business is not healthy. It'd be like not going to the doctors for like 60 years, not going to the dentists, and then wondering why you have cavities and your gums are receding and everything's jacked up. You can't hide from the numbers. And the true, the only way to grow into what, like, say, what Luca has done with his gym, gone from a garage to owning a building, is being hyper-focused on the numbers, right? You're, everybody wants to talk KPIs, key performance indicators, blah, 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 right? But it's, let's not make this rocket science. You should know, you know, how much money's coming in, what's your gross revenue, what's your net revenue, what's your take home, what's, what are you paying your employees if you have any, how many members do you currently have, how many did you lose last month, how many did you bring in, what's your conversion rate? These are simple things. And, and for a long time, when I was going through my broke phase, I avoided all my bills, credit card bills, all that shit. I hated looking at it. I was, it made me stressed out. The way I switched it is I started carrying an index card in my pocket. And on the index card was all the KPIs for next level, my gym at the time, right? Because I, I wanted to break that little cycle that I'd created, which is, hey, I better not look at my credit card bill because then, fuck, I'm going to have to deal with it. So if you guys are, want to become a real business owner, not just somebody that owns a job, you better get crystal ass clear on your numbers and your eyes should always be the last set of eyes on every number in that business. Even if you have a great CPA and a bookkeeper, trust us on this. I know this is like the unsexy kind of boring part of this, but if you can't get this right, we're in trouble. Like you're going to be in trouble long term because you're going to have your taxes being owed. You're going to have things go sideways in your business or, or you, you may not be clear on even if you're not clear on your business numbers, I guarantee you there's other shit that's going to sideswipe you throughout the process of running a business. So guys, don't hide from it. Give yourself permission to actually get really crystal clear with the numbers inside of your business. Set targets with the numbers inside of your business. And, you know, there's a saying, right? What gets measured gets managed. And nothing truer has ever been said. And another one is women lie, men lie, but numbers never lie. So that's my little spiel on that, but make goddamn sure you guys are not avoiding those things because it's not that difficult. It just, it's a mindset. Nice job, Stevie. Hey, thanks, buddy. You do, you do have to know your numbers. Um, I mean, hey, listen, don't be a robot, right? Know your numbers, but make sure that you're focusing on the human beings inside of your building. <laughs> well, you won't have, here's the reality of it though, right? Like, you won't have people inside your building if you don't pay your bills because you don't have money, right? Like if no, you're stupid with your I mean, cash, at the yeah, end I'm, of the day, like you guys got to understand though, that's why I'm a stickler on it. I don't give a shit if you're making a million a year or you're making 50 grand a year. And the average business owner doesn't even have a personal fucking budget. So look, the I, reality, like, you know, it, it's, it's, it's like this. The tough thing, I mean, the tough thing about business, um, you know, you, you got to juggle different balls, you know, because like sometimes we'll say like, we got to focus on this and you got to focus on this. You got to focus on this. I mean, the reality, like, yo, when you're, when you start a gym and you're, you know, you're a coach and you have a gym, like you're focused on the multiple things. And that's why, you know, energy management and like where you put your priorities are, are, are so important. Um, and, you know, I've, I've had people go like, well, hold up, but you said this is important. And you said this is important. I'm like, yeah, like <laughs> You know, that's the reality of it. And, and that's why business is not for some people. And that's okay. Like, it's not, it doesn't make you a bad person. Well, you um, look at it this way, guys. Luca has built, if we're, we're going to, I'm going to use a little analogy, right? Because if you compare yourself to where Luca's at, you're going to, you're going to, like, it, it's not going to make sense. 
right? We're going to have conversations in here where maybe what we're talking about doesn't apply to you right now. So don't get overwhelmed with it. Just put it in the maybe next year pile. But if we're talking about building a home, a lot of you guys are still laying the basement. That's where knowing your numbers and your messaging and all that stuff comes into play. It doesn't mean every once in a while you don't service those areas if you've already built the mansion, <laughs> right? But don't feel like you're putting the finishing touches on a mansion when you just literally bought the land to put the house up, if you know what I'm saying, right? At the end of the day, business is fluid. And that's what Luca is saying. This is fluid. It is not rigid and structured. It's, there's a million things that are going to happen throughout this process. And I don't think there's ever a point where you get to it and go like, oh, I'm done. I figured this completely out. If you look at Bill Gates, you look at Warren Buffett, you look at these guys, you know, Jeff Bezos, they're constantly adapting and building and then going to the next thing that they're trying to attack. So I think comparison is horseshit. I think you should focus on, take a look at your business right now and audit what you need and then dig into a podcast like this and listen and go like, all right, that shit is, I'm not ready for that right now. And that takes intense an intense dose of self-awareness and honesty with yourself because a lot of times people just want to do everything they want to do everything they want to do everything i'm going to do every fucking thing under the sun and then wonder why they fail that's why you'll fail because you're trying to be everything to everyone and do everything all the time and it's just not going to work out right luca's capacity to do work is is intense right my capacity to do work and be efficient is, is crafted very well through all the years of doing this. It doesn't mean you guys can't get there. We want you to get there. That's the whole fucking point of this thing. But try to focus on, and this is the same things that Luca and I tell the guys and girls inside of Yo Grow Your Gym. It's like, hey, don't get overwhelmed. Overwhelmed means you're just trying to do too much at once. Right? You can only eat an elephant one bite at a time. So Guys, take a step back and go, holy shit, okay, you know what? Lucas said some things on this podcast today that are like I really need to address, which is my messaging's off. Or, hey, I don't know my numbers. Or, hey, maybe, maybe there's a few things that you picked up when Luca was talking about what he does for his new members. That If you just applied that and you consistently applied it, it may change the whole culture inside of your gym, right? It's these small little decisions you guys make over time that are going to matter, right? The home run swings. Let's be real, right? Babe Ruth held the home run record, but he also held the strikeout record for a long time too, right? We don't want you guys to feel like, hey, I'm going to put myself down in the count and then take a big whack at it and then be pissed off when things don't work out, right? Usually there's no magic pill to a business, just like there's no magic pill for losing body fat and getting ripped, right? You guys tell people this all day long. So, you know, I just want to make sure that all of you guys understand that you're all at different places and that's okay. And you're all going to experience different problems at different times. And that's okay too. As long as you stay clear on why it is that you started and then address the problem so you can grow from it instead of just quitting. Mic drop. Mic drop. That, that was what I felt right there. Um, I, kind of, I kind of want to go back to yeah. another um, basically this is another thing now this is a little bit more so here's what i'm gonna do okay this is another thing that i see and that i've you know that i've gone through that i made a mistake on and um that i think a lot of gym owners make and businesses make in general and is and is really not being able to you know not finding out what people want so if anybody's ever heard of like the tripod marketing formula um i know john Berardi's brought it up a number of times this is what they kind of do at pn 
it's really simple. It's a three-step thing, right? You know, number one is find out what people in your community and the market really want. Step two is do something awesome to deliver that thing. And then step three is telling everybody about it. Now, I'm not going to focus on two and three. Uh, I think most people just jump to number three. Number one is finding out what people in your community market really want. I think that's what most people, they just assume and guess, right? And it takes a lot more than that. Now, um, it's been now probably four years, maybe, maybe even more. I know it's probably been about four years since like I, I talked to Nate Green and Nate Green was like, hey, like you should check out this uh, jobs to be done uh, philosophy. Um, it's what we've been using at PN. So, of course, in, you know, normal Luca matter, I buy every book, go and do the course, you know, go through the whole thing. And, uh, and I go through the jobs to be done framework. And it was phenomenal. And it's basically what I mean, a lot of the big companies like Mars and Snickers, and I mean, you name it, like use this, it was kind of created by um, it was developed at Harvard Business School, actually. Uh, and, and, but, but now it's taught by, I would say, uh, some other people that are really, really good at it. And it's kind of spread. But the point of it is, is this, right? I'm going to give you the actual framework of jobs to be done. Like, you can look it up, too. Um, but I'm going to, so I'm going to give you two things. I'm going to give you the little, a more detailed, a little more complex way of doing it. And then I'm going to give you a simple one that I've kind of, you know, put on one piece of paper for for people that are like okay look let me break this shit down really quick to you okay but the jobs to be done is like an interview kind of process that you do with people that were your clients now one of the big things about it is that you don't so you only interview people that have been with you for three months or less you know or people that have left you three months or less ago because the thing is that like if you ask your longtime members these questions they're going to give you an answer but it won't be true but not because they're lying, but just because they won't actually remember, you know, and this is, this is just psychology of, you know, our memory. They won't remember the true reasons why they actually joined or why they left or how they felt about it. Um, and so you're not going to get real data, which is really, really important. So here we go. Step one, this is, I'm cutting the jobs to be done framework down like significantly here. And then at the end, I'm giving you my own kind of, uh, way of how, how to do this. Okay. So step one is, Begin with clear questions that, that you need answers, such as, why do people hire my product or service, right? The whole jobs to be done philosophy is people hire you for a, a job, right? A job to be done, you know, whether that is, but you think that it's like, oh, it's losing weight. No, right? It might be, you know, gaining my confidence back, right? Like, right, that might be what they're hiring you for or somebody to care for me and guide me, okay? But back to it. Why do people hire my product or service? Why do people fire my product or service? Right? I don't think almost anybody finds out why they got fired. And forget about the fucking exit interview email. I'm talking about like really talking to people about this. Right? Uh, how are people struggling with my product or service? Right? So interviewing people to see what is not like oh, I thought I'm going to get this, but I'm getting this. I'm struggling with this because it gives you opportunities to now improve that. So where are my opportunities to improve my product or service? Okay, so that's step one to really find those things out. I'm going to, I'm going to tell you guys how to do that, right? Step two is identify people in each of the relevant buying stages, such as, you know, those who expressed interest but didn't buy your product or service. Like, do you ever interview that person, right? Person that was, you know, one is put, put in their uh, name for a trial lead box, came in, talked to you, but didn't sign up. How about having an interview, you know, two, three weeks later and like when I say rewarding them going like, Hey, listen, I'd love to get on the phone with you. 
ask you a couple questions so we can improve our service, I'd be more than happy to give you a you know, $50, $25 gift card to Fitbar, right? And most people will say yes. And then as we go down, I'll, I'll give you guys uh, like some questions on how you'd go through this. But think about that because you know how much valuable stuff you'd get by finding out why that person didn't sign up? This is all marketing gold, by the way, right? So in step two also, it, you know, the, the identifying the person to buy on stage who, who did buy your product or service and then those who bought and are currently actively using it, right? Those who bought but aren't using it. So maybe somebody that signed up but like two, three months later, you know, they left. How valuable would it be to find out, you know, what happened there? And then those who bought but later returned your product and service. So for, for me, those who bought and returned it would be somebody like that went through the trial but then didn't continue, right? That would be that person. And, you know, you could also like look for people at various stages, such as within one, one, one month of joining your gym, right? Because this can help you understand why they hired you in the first place. Uh, within one month of leaving your gym, right? This can help you understand why they fired your service. Midway through it, this can help you understand what they're struggling with. It can highlight, you know, what they're hoping that you can improve, okay? So, uh, so identifying those different stages and really figuring out, because if you've had, a, you know, a, a pretty big attrition, uh, I think that's where you can really find out what's going on. You know, step number three is once you've identified those groups, now you conduct these structure interviews that jobs to be done has a framework for. Now, you know, as I'm going through these questions, uh, remember, like, so this is the thing. So I've done these before and I record them and I'll, I'll explain why you record them. Record them so you can go back through them because you're, you're not trying to figure everything out as you're talking to them. You're just trying to be super chill, super calm, not salesy, just inquisitive and curious. And only then later on when you, when you listen to the recording will you create the timeline, which, which I'll tell you guys in a, in a second. So to understand the point of sale, like the things that you're asking are things, the questions that you're asking are things like, hey, when did you buy the product? Where were you? What time of day was it? Was it daytime? Was it nighttime? Was anyone else with you at the time? How did you buy the product? Now, listen, you might be going like, why would I ask these questions like where they were and who they were with and what time was it? These are actually questions to get their brain to, for them to start thinking and, and start mem uh, going back into their memory because it's almost like we're setting them up to have a better recollection of everything that happened and have a better idea of the, of the feelings that they had when they were buying, okay? So that's why this process is, is, is really good, okay? Then you want to find their first thought about purchasing, right? Hey, when did you first start looking for something to solve your problem? Once again, you go, where were you? Were you with someone? What did they say? What triggered you to think about this? You know why this is so important? Because it's like you want to find out what was the first point in time that they actually were like, you know what? I should get a coach and I should go into to a results-based gym, right? I think that like that's why it's so important because we want to bring those memories up. Then you want to, you want to discover what else they considered when they were weighing their options. So Tell me about, you know, how you look for other, you know, for other coaches and other gyms uh, to solve your problem. What, what kind of solutions did you try or not try? Why or why not? And then you want to uncover the emotions that were associated with like that whole purchasing buying process, right? So, hey, what was the conversation like when you talked about buying a product, you know, with your girl, with your, with your spouse, with this, that, you know, with this person, right? Before you bought, did you imagine what life would be like when you would get this, right? Where were you at where you were thinking this? 
okay so those are the things that like hold on let me, let me just zap out of this uh i got something open it's that's, that's giving me the the ringer here it's just one of our grow yo grow your gym members asking questions guys we apologize but we don't because but it, they come but first. It's dead. so but it's dead now don't worry about it and, yeah I'm, I'm right back i'm right back at it yo um so no you now you're covering these emotions and these questions right did you have any anxiety about buying did you hear something about the product that made you nervous what was it why did it make you nervous okay now look these are all sample questions and you could have different ones and you can modify it I'm, I'm trying to make a point of the types of questions that I'm asking because you're interviewing, basically you're interviewing somebody uh, for, you know, why did they hire your program? Look at what I said. Why did they hire your program? Why did they fire a program, right? Or if they're in the midst of experiencing it, right? So in the case of like hiring or firing, like what's the, like what's the most important uh, initially is that the memory of the event surrounding the action. Right. No, that's why I ask these questions and things like when, you know, where were you? Even though we know we already know exactly like where they were. I mean, they were with us like, signing up. Right. And, um, and, and from there, you're asking like, hey, and where were you when you did this? Were you with anyone? Do you remember what the weather was like? Again, like you're not you're not necessarily interested in the specific details, but in activating their memory and exploring the events that like happen next to the action, right? Because they'll better remember the action. And once again, this is, you know, very, very smart marketers that created this, that tapped into the, the, the psychology of the, of the human being, right? Because this helps you uncover kind of like the emotional, you know, forces that, that kind of drive decision-making, right? That, and, and this is the thing. These are the forces that people usually don't mention because they seem unrelated or interesting, but they provide the best insights for you know improving your product your service and refining it and and what, what's most important right now that we're talking about is improving your marketing and advertising right so you know once you do these interviews and i said like you're recording them you know you can go back to them again after they're completed and organize what you heard into uh two popular jobs to be done organizational frameworks they're called the timeline and the forces and what these two and the thing is by the way, you can go like you could Google, you know, uh, jobs to be done, timeline, jobs to be done, the forces, and it'll pop up all over the place. So like, I'm not gonna, you know, obviously it's harder for me to draw this in your mind when I'm talking about it. But these two frameworks help you like just contextualize the answers you heard, and then you can then turn them into answers that are, that are useful to stories that will basically help you understand what your clients are thinking and feeling when you know they bought your product or or, or fired it or you know, they interacted with you in your business. And that's crazy, crazy, crazy powerful because, you know, step number four is where, where you put things into the timeline and it helps you understand your client decision-making. And it just, you know, it gives you a sense for the thoughts and events that, you know, brought them to like hiring you, right? To even walking to your gym, you know, filling out a form, calling you or, or firing you if, you know, they weren't happy with it. And, um, by the way, you can, you can go to jobstobedone.org and kind of find a lot of this stuff. But, uh, you know, there's, there's, and here's, here's the thing, and I'm going to wrap this up because uh, I, this can sometimes be like, oh, my God, this is so much. But it's, it's really not. It's actually, it's actually a pretty simple process, but it's worthwhile doing. And you know what? I, I, would, I would use the quote and analogy, and I think it was Abraham Lincoln that, that said, you know, if, if you gave him two hours to chop down a tree, 
he said that he'd, you know, spend 50% of the time, you know, sharpening the ax at least 50% of the time, right? This is the equivalent to this, right? You're marketing and advertising with the most blunt ax in history. And it's taking you, you know, 10 times longer uh, to achieve the goal. And you're probably not even achieving it. You, you, you give up and quit. Because if you did this, this is sharpening the ax. You're actually finding out, you know, what was the first thought? So like, this is the timeline. There's, you know, there's the first thought, there's event one, event two, and then buy now. But like, what was the first thought? You know, what, like, that's when you think like, what, what I have may not be working, right? So what I'm doing right now may not be working. You know, event one is like, I've had enough of this. This needs to get solved. Event two is like, you know what, if I don't get this solved, uh, you know, by a certain time, this is not going to be good. I'm like, I'm in a lot of pain. And then it's the buy now, you know, this is where I've paid money. There's no going back. I've committed. I've joined a, you know, a 12 week program, a trial or whatever else it may be. And those four stages are passive looking, active looking, deciding and consuming. Right. So think about that. Like you, when have you, was the last time that you actually interviewed people to find out when was the first time? Like, so you know, passive looking is like, Hey, I'm not putting any energy into this. Uh, like not any real energy, but I'm noticing, like I'm noticing options. I'm starting to, I walk by gyms. I'm like, you know what? Like, I don't like the way I feel like my confidence is low, but what if you could find out when your client first started pa active, uh, passively looking and then it's actively looking, then it's like, Hey, I'm investing energy and time into finding a solution. I'm, I'm Googling gyms. Uh, I'm asking friends about the place that they go to. I'm on social media, checking stuff out. Right. And then the deciding phase is I've narrowed down my options, you know, two or three. And I understand my criteria and like now I'm going to make a decision. And then it's consuming. Right. Now it's actually I've, hey, I've used it for a while and understand if it does the job or not. Right. And then basically what you do is once you've collected your interviews, you organize the answers into these timelines. OK. And then step step five, you actually put them into forces and just think of it. Forces is like this. Right. Every person has forces. It's like ambivalence, right? You, you're like, you have forces that pull you towards the new behavior. So it's the push of the situation, meaning like, uh, hey, right now, like right now, your business is not doing the way you want it to, right? You're in pain. You're like, man, it's hard to pay the monthly bills. And that pain is pushing you towards a new behavior. And then you also have the pull of the new idea. So maybe you've heard about the Yo Grow Your Gym program and you're like, man, I've heard people are killing it in that program and had the same problem as me. And, and, and like they're the like same, same kind of scenario. And they've gotten out of that problem. And they're doing really well. So that's the pull of the new idea. But, but you also have this allegiance to the current behavior. So maybe that is, you know, the current behavior is like, you know, I, I know it's tough, but man, I, I really don't want to work even more. Or I, I, you know, I really don't want to invest in the fear of investing and the risk of investing in a new program. And th then there's the anxiety of the new solution. Like, man, if when I go into that program, I'm going to be held, you know, accountable and I'm going to have to do stuff and I'm going to have to answer to people. And if I don't, like, I'll be embarrassed, right? There's progress making forces and there's progress hindering forces. And in every buying decision, people have it. Everyone, like everything that you do every day, whether you buy it or not, especially when it's more of an investment, like you're going to have this. And imagine that like, because you've done these interviews, you could actually put these things in a box, meaning this, I would say forces box that you can uh, plug stuff in and you can listen to the person go well, like, wow, this is what made, the, this is what pushed them to the new behavior. But here's the things that pulled them away. 
Now, if you have this information, imagine how much more powerful your marketing could be. Because like that's step number six is like look for common themes along your timeline in these force diagram. Like what nudged people to make their decision? Who did they see as the competition, right? Here's a crazy story, by the way. Like because uh, I was saying that Snickers did this, um, did the jobs to be done framework. And Snickers thought that Mars was their competitor and that Milky Way was their competitor. And Milky Way, by the way, is owned by the same company. Like the whole time they were like, this is who we're competing against. When they did the jobs to be done interviews with people that, that got a Snickers at the airport, you know what they found out? They found out that people buy a Snickers because it gives them energy and fuel. And the other option that they had were things like Subway, sandwiches, burgers. So Snickers wasn't competing against Milky Way. It was competing against Mars, Snickers, stuff like that. But they only got to know that. No, for years, they were spending millions and millions of dollars competing against the wrong thing. So who do, who do your clients see? Like, who do they see as the competition, right? Which anxieties did they have to overcome to purchase this, right? Like, how did, how did what they thought they were buying match up to what they actually got? And then you got to ask yourself new questions like, hey, how now knowing what I know, how can I talk about my business in a way that resonates more with how my talk, my, my, my customers and clients talk about their needs, their challenges and concerns, right? How can I reach out to people in places I've never considered before because of this new information? How can I see the trajectory of the, my clients uh, are taking and, and basically anticipate where they're heading? Can you now see how powerful this is? Right, this 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 jobs to be done framework is like insanely powerful. But once again, if I'm if you're listening to this and you know essentially going like, OMG, that is a shit ton of work. I don't know, like this too much, right? Uh, well, first of all, I'm like, man, listen, if you're serious about growing your business, then maybe you want to put some time into what I was just talking about. But but maybe you're like Luca. Is there a more simple way? And you know what? I'm glad you asked. I'm going to give you a simpler way. All right? So who are your most awesome clients? Like who, you know, who's so dope at your gym that you train them for free? Ask yourself that question. I can right off the bat, like there's a number of people, but, you know, I can tell you like that people that have been with for a long time. And it's like, you know, Kim Fielder and, and um, Jay Phillips and Tim, Tim Adamson and like, like these folks that like are awesome people that like you just love. And I, I like, I'm fortunate and grateful that we have just so many amazing clients. Honestly, like the whole gym is just full of amazing clients. But pull out some people that you're like, yo, these are like the people that I would I want to train the most and I train them for free. And then get, pay attention to what makes those clients light up and get excited. Like notice their body language, their self-expressions. You know, just look for small details that will tell you more about, about them and what they might be seeking. See where they hang out on social media what they might be saying, see where they hang out physically, who, who with, and what they're into, right? And then stop assuming and start knowing for sure. Just ask them directly what they like, what they want, what they need. You know, they might not know right away, but working around the kind of like not sure is, is just way better than asking, you know, uh, is not asking and, you know, getting it completely wrong, which is what most, I would say, gym owners do, right? Like, Especially if, you know, you're some, you, somebody started training at your, your gym and they've been training for about two months and you're like, this is an awesome client. Man, go ask them some of the questions from the jobs to be done interview that I, that I just posted. 
right? And then find out their story. Like, why did they come to see you? Like, why not six months ago? Also, like, hey, why not six months from now? Like, like what series of events brought them, you know, to your door, to your coaching and made them reach out to you? Find it out and you'll get some very, very interesting, you know, insights. And then ask for feedback, like ask probing questions. And, you know, you got to create a safe environment for them to answer, honestly, obviously. But because, uh, yeah, sure, it can be uncomfortable, but it's just extremely valuable. It, you know, if you're brave enough to step up and just really absorb that input and take it all in because it can give you some of the best marketing fodder of all time. Because now that you know these things, you can market to clients just like them. Right. And this is what I mean by like, you know, most people are just kind of doing marketing with a blunt axe all day long. And, uh, and so I, I feel like this is one of the bigger mistakes too. Uh, like we could probably go on and on and on about big mistakes, I guess. But I, those are the two that like really popped to mind just because on a weekly basis, you know, but, you know, with our program, you know, grow your gym program, uh, with a lot of the coaching that I do, I've just, you know, I just went out to, um, uh, Lifetime Athletic brought me up in to do a, a, a leadership and uh, team building training as well in, in, in Bellevue. And so I spent a lot of time, you know, talking to coaches because I'm being brought, brought in by like fitness managers and, and I talk to their whole teams and have a lot of these one-on-one conversations. And, you know, these are the things that not just by gym owners, but like even bigger box gyms, I start noticing these gaps and like what people are complaining about, you know, and then I'll ask the coaches questions like, hey, uh, tell me a little bit about this. You know, why did that person reach out to you? What happened? And like, most people are just blank. You know, and I'm going like, hey, like, why don't you talk to a couple of people about this, 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 and that, and then create some content. Uh, and, and the content can become basically marketing fodder. It's like what, you know, uh, Perry Belcher says, he calls racking the shotgun, right? He says, you know, if you walk into a bar and you rack the shotgun, like, Oh, there's only certain people that are gonna gonna turn around, right? The people that know what that is, they're paying attention. Like, yo, that's a fucking shotgun. I gotta get the fuck out of here, right? And so the thing is, if you create content around the problems that your current clients are facing, it's gonna rack the shotgun. Where certain people in the marketplace are gonna go like, oh, I know what he's talking about. That's my fucking problem, right? And that person's now gonna get attracted or should pulled in and become aware of that because it's on their radar and that's the person now you pull in into you know your recurring audiences and all custom audiences and all that and more than we could even talk about today but you know that's why like those are the things that i feel like more people need to um really kind of bring up and um and and focus on well thought out answer lucas well, well thank you. so guys here's here's what i would say we could probably do 17 episodes of mistakes because we've made a lot of them. So what we would love for you guys to do is if, if there's anything else you, that you want us to touch on or problems you've experienced, remember it's called social media for a reason. You know, Luke and I are untouchable. So reach out, ask questions, get engaged. Uh, the next round of Yo Grow Your Gym rolls out January 2020. We'll take a new group through. So keep your eyes peeled for that. Outside of that, listen, we all experience problems. It's part of the game. It's actually what you signed up for. So one thing that I, I'd like to frame for you guys before we go is like, listen, if you're experiencing a problem right now, be thankful for it. Because at the end of the problem is a lesson. And if you just learn the lesson, 
usually you won't be destined to repeat it. So that's life, that's business, that's everything. And you know, guys, I've been in this game for a long time. And what I'll say is don't take any of this shit too serious. Because at the end of the day, this shit goes by really, really, really quickly. It really does. And business is great. And yeah, business is important. But it should support the life that you actually want to live, your family, your experiences, and not become this thing that soaks up all of your fucking time, energy, so that you look back at your life when you're an old person and go, holy shit, I don't even remember my 20s, 30s, or 40s, or 50s. And that, that time is gone. So what we want to do is give you guys these problems that we face, and then Luke has given you a ton of solutions so that what? So that you don't experience that shit. So that you can learn from our mistakes, and you can move past these little issues in your business without having to spend hundreds of hours trying to figure it out. So on that note, episode number 15, we're going to bring it to a close. We appreciate you guys tuning in. Um, we'll be back next week. Episode number 15. Yes, my friends, we are done.